welcome back to the podcast. I'm Bree. And I'm Alex. And this is Thrive the Fitness Podcast. I think we nailed it there. We nailed it. Thank you. I I mean, it just feels so natural now. Yeah, it does. It does. It feels great. Uh, What's up? What have you been doing this past week slash weekend? What's new? So Let's catch up up the fam, um, the pod fam on everything. Yeah, Maddie went out of town. I got sick. Oh, that's what I did this weekend. That is what I was thinking. Like, what did I do this weekend? I was sick. I was like crazy sick. I mean, not like, you know. Not you like were crazy horrible. sick. It was pretty sick. I was pretty sick. Yeah, it was pretty you were bad. pretty sick. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, so I just like tried to sleep as much as possible. I tried to get, you know, but the problem is, is my group training had a new cycle coming up. And mm. so. I've had to do this twice now that I've had to set up a new group training cycle while I've been really sick. Luckily, this one wasn't as bad as the first one. The first one, it was like the launch of my group training program. First cycle, I needed to take all new form videos, just kind of like set a precedent, um, you know, increase the quality of them. And um, I was so sick. I mean, feverish, like aches. And I was out there in the gym, like recording the forum videos. It was in January. So it was like 50 degrees in the gym. And I was wearing like two, two hoodies. And those forum videos are still some of the same ones that I use today. And I consider that, I consider that my Michael Jordan game six flu game. Like if you're familiar with that, when he had the flu, but he played anyway. Oh man. And and he just dominated, but he was like, when you went over to the bench, he was just like sweating and like dying. But yeah. he, he gave it his all no matter what. That is what I consider my my game six. <laughs> well, and the fact that it's documented too. Like for Michael Jordan, right. it's documented and you have yours documented too. In a way. So. Yeah, in yeah. a way. Yeah. Every time I see the, that hoodie and sweatpants combo in one of my form videos, I'm like, that one's staying for a long time. For yeah. people that are in there, it's a uh, goblet squats. That's one of them that I remember that is... Um, that's the flu, the flu. Yeah, I was dying. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, this weekend, I'm feeling a little bit better now. I'm a little bit congested still. I'm a little like nasally. So uh, for the listeners, I'm sorry if you hear me sniffle. I'm going to try to mute myself. I need to blow my nose or anything like that. Um, but this weekend was, you know, outside of that, I feel like I was able to get ahead of my work and everybody is just so kind to me, you know, like both clients and my Instagram followers, like, they're just like, please rest, please. They're, I have a pharmacist who follows me who twice now when I've gotten sick, she's like this, 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 like giving That's me so a grocery list. Oh my God. It was so helpful. I wouldn't have thought to take emergency, but she was like, you know, I, I swear by emergency. So I grabbed that. Um, well, I didn't grab that. Maddie grabbed that. But anyway, that was good. And then Maddie was out of town Monday through Wednesday um, for work. And so it was just me and Leo and I don't like being alone that much. Um, but you know, we made the most of it. I made myself two meals, two home cooked meals with, with protein and a veggie. So I was very proud of myself, very adult like, (laughs) but last night, um, at like 9 PM, I hadn't eaten dinner. And so I had half of a steak and a big bowl of cereal, which is not not the most (laughs) well-rounded. Yeah. Count Chocula specifically. I love it. <laughs> I love Count Chocula. So yeah, no, my weekend was pretty good. I haven't been able to lift in about a week. Um, finally got the energy to go for a walk on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, that, that's been where I'm at. I'll probably lift maybe today or tomorrow. But uh, I feel like something's going around. I feel like half of my clients are sick right now too. And yeah, I've actually had oh a lot goodness. of clients getting COVID. So I don't know if there's just like a second wave yeah. and 
Um, you know, there, also I think there is. I think there is like a yeah. yeah. I think there's just a second back wave to school kind of season though. Um, oh, that's a really good point. In the back yeah. to school, you know, I think, think when that. everybody goes yeah. back to school, it's like every family is coming that has kids is like commingling, you know. And yeah, and if you don't have kids, you know someone that does and... that you've been around, and then you're getting sick from mm-hmm. them. It's just like, yeah, that's actually a good point. I think it's. I mean, I won't say second yeah. wave. It's like the 59th wave, but Fifth, yeah, you know, a million. I think. Wave, I think yeah. the you have the school season starting and then you have the, when the holiday seasons come around, that will yep. start up another thing. And so it's just always yep. that those two times that are really, but you know, just, yeah. I wonder if we'll um, ever like get past this, you know, I'm not a virologist or anything like that or immunologist or whatever they would pass you know, COVID or past what just past COVID. Yeah. Like I think COVID's here to stay. It's not going think so. Just like Absolutely. the common cold or the flu kind of. Yeah. Thing. It'll just mm-hmm. over time, technically viruses get less and less and less deadly. And so it'll just become more and more just, you know, get your yearly flu vaccination and COVID vaccination. And, you know, they'll have to guess the strain that. just like they do with the flu. And you just, yep. get, it, I, I, it's just here to stay, you know? Yeah. So it's a fair but, take. Yeah. But the nice thing is, is like, again, viruses get less and less deadly over time. And so it'll just become less and less severe and kill less and less people. And, you know, I mean, the, the flu already kills, I think average is like 60,000 people a year. So it's not like the flu doesn't kill anyone, you know, but um, yeah, the, the the usual trajectory of a virus is to get less and less lethal because that's how it survives. You know, the less people it kills, the more it can live, you know? Do you know what's, what's an interesting fact? Um, how many people vending machines kill per year? Oh, I've, I've read that statistic before or something. I can't remember what it was. What was it? I, I, I am pretty Do sure. It? Don't quote. Uh, I'm going to pull okay. it up. I'm going to pull it up in okay. a second. But, um, okay. well, here it is. Uh, since 1978, the CPSC, which is the Consumer Product Safety Commission, government uh-huh. organization, uh-huh. is aware, again, since 1978, they are aware of at least 37 deaths from vending how machines. Did, how? Did it fall on them? Or, like, what? How, from, did it say? Yes, yes. Consumers rocking or tilting the machines in an attempt to obtain free soda or money. That is from a government source. Okay, this is uh, really bad for me to say, but it's kind of karma. You know what I mean? Like you said, trying to get something free from... Oh, the- no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, we don't know if they're trying to get free money or if they deposit... I know we don't, bucks, I know. Three bucks in there. Soda, soda drops down, it gets I stuck. Know. This person's like, on their last $2, that was the one soda they needed to support their <laughs> family. And here you are satan stop telling them stop. <laughs> i said it was terrible for me to say but you just said like they're trying to get like a free soda and so they're reaching in to grab something free and then it falls it's like karma got you there you, i mean do you deserve <laughs> her to die from trying to get a free soda no no one deserves no. like that kind of no. thing but it just it came to my mind i thought i'd say it and then you know i regretted it so <laughs> that is but that is more believe it or not for humans Vending machines are more deadly than sharks. Since 19-whatever? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So the next time I see a vending machine, oh, you know, you just kind of Yeah, you're going to be like, sheesh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Won't hurt yeah, me. Swim- I'm going to go swim in the ocean with some sharks and be like, right. at least there's no vending machines around. <laughs> you're sure in, since like, what it, what was the vending machine? 1970? Three? 19, it said 1978 was like the cutoff point. Is There's when no were. way that like 
less than 37 people have died of shark attacks, shark attacks since 1973. But I mean, it's let me, possible. Let me look this up. Let me look okay. this up. How then many I, while you do that, attacks? I will insert another important fact because it relates yeah. to me. Um, uh-huh. They say that 2,500 left-handed people die every year from using right-handed appliances. And I'm left-handed. How? How? I, oh gosh, I don't know, but like, you know, things are made for right-handed people but you have to use no, it with your left like, hand. Yeah, yes, but like I what? Know. I don't know. Like scissors. I've always just... But how could you mess up a scissor, you know, like a scissor know. situation that bad <laughs> where you're like, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was just literally told that one time or read it somewhere. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? But National Left-Handers Day is August 13th. So on August 13th, I expect a flowers delivered or a gift because my presence is risked every day of my life being here from the right-handed creation of the world. So I don't know. I don't know if that's really true, but that's what I heard. I I'm trying to find like legitimate statistics that are not blog articles on the shark attacks versus vending machine situation. Now the vending machine situation is from a government that is, that is a source, you know what I'm saying? So like that has data to back it. But I'm trying right. to find this, um, in, you know, the shark situation, and I'm finding a The Guardian article, and that's mm, not good yeah. enough. That's yeah. not. What does The Guardian? Well, I'm just curious. What does The Guardian article say? All right. So The Guardian, <clears throat> according to the University of Florida's International Shark Attack File, just five people globally died from unprovoked shark attacks in 2009. You are more likely to be killed by lightning, which has about a thousand deaths per year, drowning mm-hmm. in the bath. There are 22 accidental bathtub drownings in the UK in 2008. Wow. Being left-handed. Nearly 2,500 left-handers a year die from using products. I told you. People. But that's You're in danger. I'm You're saying. in I'm danger. danger. I'm more likely uh, to die from bite. using something left-handed than, than, than a shark attack. Sharks. Yeah. Oh, and then here, uh, a vending machine. Two people are crushed to death every year in the United States alone by trying to tilt faulty vending machines. So I don't know. I guess they they said some, you know, Florida, but like they don't have a link to that article. They don't. Okay, like a, well, let me. You know, that, I pulled that. up the Florida Museum, uh-huh. and there it says .ufl, so University of Florida .edu. So sure. I'm assuming this is yeah. the Florida Museum with could with be the university. a little more credible. Yep. There's different yep. classifications. Unprovoked bites, 57 of this is 2022. Sure. So unprovoked yeah. bites, 57, provoked bites, 32. Let's see. Um, I don't see any like de- death. It's just like bites. I mean, a bite, like it could be. Like I know, but I'm shark, trying to find if know? there's like, I need to know if people like die. Yeah. Oh, this like, one doesn't tell me death. Dead. Anyways, we're really going off a topic here. This is the most morbid case. intro to one of our podcast <laughs> no, episodes of all time. We're going to either get great feedback from this or a horrible feedback <laughs> from this. <laughs> okay. Wikipedia is not a great source, but it says around four people die every year of shark attacks. So that does put it a little bit over uh, vending machines. That's an average. Well, but no, but but that's per, that's in the world. Yeah. Every year. Okay. See, this is this is vending machines only in America. Oh, I, I mean, don't. I, I honestly, Japan I don't expect has it to a be a ton of vending machines. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. do actually. Yeah, they, they do. do. They do. They vending machine everything. It's true. Man, I gotta be careful when I go to Japan. You just gotta be careful. You just I gotta never be real careful. know. Careful, you never know. Yeah, you, with your left handedness, with the vending machines <laughs> that you could come around in Texas, you just don't really know. racking it up. <laughs> I'm dying every day so much. 
Okay. Anyways, let's let's move on right. from this topic. Let's get yeah, into it. As fun as Oh no! Wait. Tell me how your weekend was. Oh, mine was actually really great. I did nothing. Well, kind of did nothing. I finished up dog sitting over the weekend. Mm. Um, the couple actually showed up home early. They told me they needed oh. me through till Monday. I'm just sitting maybe they there felt on bad because sat- you showed up early. No, they told me the wrong dates because I went back and checked my uh, phone. <laughs> told me the wrong dates. They just. They just showed up on a Saturday at like 2 wow. p.m. And I'm like eating lunch and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I quickly gathered all my stuff and like left and everything, but that made me have the whole rest of the weekend at home. Nice. It's my first weekend doing nothing in like the last like four weeks. And then we got a town wow. for the next three weeks. So straight for one trip through. Well, straight? no, we just, we're out of town every weekend for the next three weeks. Ah. So we're out of town this weekend, but then it connects to the next weekend because we're going to the beach and then we'll have like Mm. a four or five day break. And then we go to LA for a weekend. So what are you doing in LA? Coldplay concert, which I'm really excited about. (laughs) I didn't know you were, I didn't know you were super into Coldplay. Oh, I love Coldplay. Love Coldplay. Um, I can play clocks on Coldplay uh, or on piano by Coldplay. Nice. Like, like that was like the first that, that I could play piano, like to a decent, I could play, um, yeah. Vanessa Carlton's Thousand Miles. That's great. I just think of white. That one's actually like tough to do. Yeah. Um, But Clocks is actually one that I'd recommend for anybody who is getting into piano for the first time, teaching your left hand to move up and down the scale. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah. 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 Because it kind of has to like mirror your right hand and like pretty much identically. True. Um, but yeah, so I didn't really do much, just kind of hung out and I like just took advantage of like just being home, not having a, a lot to do. So nice. just, you know, did things that I haven't been able to do since I haven't really been home over the weekend. So, but yeah, Heck yeah. Chill. I'm glad you got that downtime. Cause I know yeah. you've been pretty swamped. Yeah. And it's just nice. Like not having a ton to do. There's some, like I worked on my website, stuff like that. Like just, you know, things I can just Website's looking that... good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to plug it again. Website's looking really good. BriannaRayFitness.com. Yeah. yeah. So check it out. Podcast, it's finished. It comes out. You better have it finished. You better have it finished by the time this I'm podcast I'm going to work on it. Out. I'm going to work on it. But y'all can go see the homepage. The homepage is at least up, but I'll, you know, yeah. make it look better. Looks but it great. looks so much better than it used to. So it does. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like there was something else I wanted to talk about, but it was really just kind of chill. So yeah, we're going out of town next week from Saturday to Saturday. We're going to the beach. Um, we're going to Seaside Beach, Texas, which we haven't been to before. Um, so this week has been busy just trying to get things ahead of things. So I don't have to do as much mm. work while we're there. So other than mm. that, it's been pretty chill. So. All right. Well, uh, you want to get into the episode now? Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> uh, so today we're talking about why exercise is and isn't important for fat loss. So the topic of this for me comes up or I... I, I put this down as a topic that I wanted us to talk about because I feel like so many, and I don't want to say just feel like, but no, so many people think or rely on exercise to be the main source of how they're going to lose weight. And so I really wanted to kind of like almost bust that myth, but then kind of reel it back and say, but it is still important. Like if we're busting that myth, well, then why do we give our clients a step goal? Because that is activity or exercise at the end of the day. So there is some importance to it. And I think it's just us dispelling kind of the the myth of it, but also just giving the flat out truth of where it really lies in the totem pole of importance when it comes to your fat loss and weight loss. Yep. Perfect. Um, 
one of the things that you know we often say is you can't outrun a bad diet or you can't out exercise a bad diet yeah and what we mean by that when we say that is it would take a pretty large effort if you have a i'm gonna say a not a great diet in terms of your calorie balance is not there. You are in a ma in a probably pretty sizable calorie surplus if you've been gaining weight. Right. You're probably in a decent calorie surplus. Maybe you've been in a calorie surplus for years. And if you are just focusing on, if you're not changing your eating habits whatsoever, but you want to lose weight now, the amount of exercise that you need to do, uh, specifically probably cardio that you would need to do in order to increase your energy expenditure enough to offset the, the calories that you're eating, it is going to be not just an uphill battle, like an up mountain battle. It yes. will be very difficult to do. That said, technically, <laughs> technically, you, you yeah. could do it. Like yeah. you could. Let's say somebody didn't want to change their diet at all, but they wanted to lose weight. I mean, there is there is a point where you could, maybe you start running like, 10 miles a day or something. These are made up numbers. So please yeah. don't start running 10 miles a day and be like, I, yeah. Alex, I don't have to change my diet. We're good. Yeah. Um, you could bike like 20, 30 miles per day, you know, like you could increase your energy expenditure so much that it does put you in a deficit. That is totally feasible. Likewise, maybe not so much of an extreme. Let's say you've been basically maintaining your weight um, and you want to start losing weight. One of the things that you could do before you even look at your diet is just start going on daily walks. Yeah. You know, if you're going, if you're, if you're a sedentary person, generally, you're getting maybe 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 steps. If you throw a walking pad under your desk, or if you start going for a daily walk, pump that up 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 plus steps per day, not only is that going to be massively beneficial for your health, but it probably will be the tipping point that puts you into the deficit. And maybe that deficit will be slower than you uh, would hope for. And that could be accelerated with some small changes, small modifications to your diet, but it, it might be enough to put you in a deficit. So while we always say for weight loss and for fat loss, prioritize your nutrition, and we still firmly agree with that, there is technically an option for you if you don't want to change your diet at all. Yeah. I, it's, it's no secret that being in a calorie deficit is just an energy balance. It's just an equation. And so technically, if you, like you said, if you're at maintenance and all you changed was just increasing your activity, you've offset that balance and you therefore will start losing weight. The problem with, let's just say that's your decision to do that. And you can do that. Like you're at, you're eating at maintenance calories, you're maintaining your weight pretty well. All you do is decide to increase your activity and that could absolutely work for you. The problems that could arise is one, because you are being more active, you would then maybe your diet actually does change. You start to be more hungry, you, in, you increase your food intake, and you still maintain the body weight. And you're like, but Alex told me that if I'm someone who's maintained my weight relatively well, and I just start going for daily walks, I should lose weight. It's possible, but it's also possible that you could get more hunger now, and you could then yep. eat to offset that. The other issue with this is, is we don't know, and we'll, we'll hop into this a little bit. I'm just going to hop into it now and we can transition to it hop if we want it. to, but yep. uh, we, we don't know how many calories you're burning exactly when you are exercising. Um, we do know how many calories you're consuming when it comes to food. So it's very, very easy for us to look at your diet and say, Hey, this is how many calories you're eating. This is how many calories you need to reduce to put yourself in a deficit, reduce these calories done. It's like counting money. Like 
we can count money really, really easily, just one, two, three, four. But when it comes to exercise, we don't know if going for a hour walk every single day is going to be enough to offset, to put you in a deficit. It most likely will be. And even if it does, you may compensate and eat more food. And so that's the issue that you run into if you just rely on exercise to be the thing that puts you into fatness. Again, it can work, but those are the main issues. I don't know if you have any other ones you can think would come up. Those are two issues I would say you probably would run into if you aren't focusing on your nutrition being the the main driver. Do you have any other ones? To add oh, well, I just that? no, no. I love that you added that kind of like addendum to it. Yeah, is that if you do increase your expenditure, yeah, you're probably just going to be hungrier, and that is that's just the reality. Any time right. we're in a deficit, is there will probably be a degree of hunger at some point, even if you are choosing high volume foods. But I also want to touch on exactly what you said of we know, we can know at least our calorie intake because we can track it and we have the energy labels on all of our foods. And while these things are estimated, the estimations are minuscule versus the estimations that we get from energy expenditure, whether we're on a treadmill or, you know, our wristwatch or things like that. And we'll talk about a study in in a minute, but I really like this and I want to frame it in a way if you have a child that is uh, in algebra currently, or if you remember lessons from algebra, if we are looking at X plus Y equals Z, and if we know X and we know Z, but we don't know Y, how do we solve for this, right? And so X here is your calorie intake. Yeah. Y would be your calorie expenditure. And Z, what is Z? Z is our weight. Our weight will always change, always fluctuate. So we have to look at weight on in terms of weekly averages. It's not a finite thing like, oh, I'm 160 today and tomorrow, you know, I'm 160.5. Dang it, I was in a calorie surplus. That's not how this pans out. We right. need to look at because of fluctuations with our water, our glycogen, our stomach content, sometimes I just got a whole, I'm just full of shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah. with that, with that in literally. mind, it's like we literally, we need yeah. to look at and, and non-literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. But, but we, we have to look at weekly averages and, and sometimes even like two, three weeks of these weekly averages to look at a trend. So we look at X, our calorie intake, we look at maybe a weekly average calorie intake, just because some days we're gonna need a little more, a little bit less. And then we look at weekly averages and the change in weekly averages on the Z side. And we figure out, we don't really have to worry too much about what our calorie expenditure is every day. We just need to know that if Z is not changing, our weight is not changing in the direction, we need to change X or we need to change Y. And X is probably one we can just be a lot more accurate with. So I thought that was a great point from you and I wanted to expand upon it a little bit. What I like that you use that example of we have known variables. So let's capitalize on the known variables as much as possible. And then we, like you said, we don't know why exactly, but, and, and then we'll hop into like, why exercise is still important. Like there still is a factor to this or not even exercise, just activity in general. And so based off knowing our weight and knowing what we're eating for calories, we can assume where we want to place why. And then once we have all the variables or, or, you know, the variables for our equation, then we can go around being like, okay, we, we, the only way to change Z, the, the, what it equals, what X and Y equal is by changing the two variables that we know. And we know calories, or I think you said calories was X. We know X way more yep. better than we know Y. And so it's like, let's change X as much as we can. But then there comes a point where you've lowered your calories so much. You're like, okay, I, I don't want to lower them anymore. I can yeah. increase mm-hmm. Y, but you still don't know exactly what Y is bringing you, but you know, you're just doing more of Y is kind of where you kind of go with that. And so I thought yeah, that was a and, really, and actually, the algebra example was really, really great. 
Thank you. And I also think that why, so <clears throat> one thing that we use for why, because again, I just want to reemphasize, and I will go into this in depth a little bit more with a study that your wristwatch does not accurately tell you your calorie expenditure. But for now, one way that Bree and I, and a lot of other coaches and, you know, a lot of, you know, the Instagram messaging and stuff like that is that why can be manipulated through our step count. It's why we yeah. value steps so highly is that yeah. while 2000 steps, we don't know the exact calorie expenditure of it. We know right. that 6,000 steps or 8,000 steps will have a far greater calorie expenditure. So that is why we often lean on steps as a metric because we don't have calorie expenditure. We just don't have that technology commercially available. We would need to be hooked up to this mask and these tubes and stuff like that in a lab setting in order to understand our calorie expenditure. But unless you're sitting, unless you're literally a lab rat that's sitting with that mask on all day, every single day, you just won't accurately know your calorie expenditure. Yeah. Um, so I, well, and to add to that about great. No, go yeah, ahead. sorry. I mean, interrupt you. Um, well, I just want to add to the exercise thing too, like being hooked up in a lab even if you did hook yourself up into a lab to see what you burned, as you lose weight, you will yeah, right. not burn. You will you will burn less calories when you're exercising because your body is having to move a smaller body over time. Yeah. And you know, I was I was reading through an article yesterday about just like exercise and and calorie expenditure and all that. If you're doing an exercise for the first time, you've never done it before, you, a lot of your calorie burn is coming because your body is having to move X amount of weight, right? Let's say, let's just take running. If you start running tomorrow, your body is burning a certain amount of calories running because it's having to move a hundred and X amount of pounds through space and time, right? And then it's also, it's never done this exercise before. So you're kind of clunky about it. And so it's hard to run because you're not mm. quite sure about cadence. You don't know how to time yourself. It's inefficient. And so the more efficient you get an exercise and then you start to lose body fat, you actually over time lose, burn less and less calories doing a certain exercise. And so it's like, you can, you can go to a lab, measure how many calories you burn when you run three miles, but Hey, in six months when you've dropped 10 pounds or 20 pounds, whatever, you're actually going to burn less calories. And so it's just like, we put so many eggs into this basket of exercise. It's like, look, we don't know exactly what you're burning. We can get an estimate. We can say, Hey, you do 2000 steps. We know if you do more, you will burn more. So let's up that. We know exactly mm -hmm. what your calorie is going to be. Let's look at the trends in the data. And then based off of that, Hey, I don't want to eat any less than 1800 calories, but I do want some more juice for the squeeze. and want to see the scale go down more. Okay. Let's just increase steps a little bit more. So I just thought that would be a good point to point out. Like even if you did go to a lab, it would technically change over time what you actually burn doing that exercise. Same thing with like weightlifting. Like, I mean, I guess you get stronger and you push yourself, but it's like, as you get more efficient and knowing how to do certain moves, you're probably going to actually burn less calories as you become more efficient in it. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess now is a good time to just talk about that study that, yeah, <clears throat> so there was a 2017 study uh, titled accuracy and wrist-worn sensor-based measurements of heart rate and energy expenditure in a diverse cohort. So um, with this, researchers tested accuracy of energy expenditure or your calorie expenditure from activity trackers like your Fitbit or an Apple Watch, and I think they did five total. They found, and I quote, no device achieved an error in energy expenditure below 20%. What that means is that there was not a single device that was within a 20% margin of accurately estimating your calorie expenditure. So if you are, let's say, <clears throat> let's say your wristwatch tells you, you know, you burned 400 calories from a kickboxing class. And, and sometimes it, 
actually a lot of times it is so much higher than that it'll be like you burn 600 calories which would be a ludicrous amount a ludicrous amount to burn in like a one hour class but um i digress if if that is off by 20 percent, and let's say you know let's say 500 calories just for easy math what is that 10 percent of that 50 100 so it'd be 100 calories above that so Let's say you burn 500. It's actually telling at, you 600. And that's at best. At best. That's at, be best, at, at best. At best. It'll be off, off by 100 calories. Yeah. There was there was uh, one measurement that was off by 100%. So it <laughs> was literally doubling the calorie expenditure from... So yeah. anyways, at best, let's say it's like 600, 700 calories. And you're like, oh, okay. I get to eat back those calories. First off, don't do that. Slippery slope. Horrible right. decision. If your goal is weight loss and you are using any kind of exercise to increase your energy expenditure, and then you're rewarding yourself with food, you need to find a different reward system. You need to find a different way to, you know, treat yourself that does not, your goals, I'm sorry, I'm going to read back up. Your rewards no, cannot conflict with your goals. That that yeah. cannot happen. So if your goal is weight loss, your reward for doing something that helps you get toward that goal cannot be something that interferes with that goal. Do you, it's like if I'm yeah. trying to save $100, you know, per day, and I'm like, mm. I didn't spend $100 today. Good for me. And then it's 9 p.m. I just saved $100. And I'm like, swipe the credit card, $110. You're rewarding like, yourself doesn't... saving money by spending money. Yes. Yes. And that yeah, it, it, is, okay. it is counterintuitive. Yeah. And and so my my urge to you is that if you feel like, oh, I've been a good girl, oh, I've been a good boy, you know, that if your goal is weight loss, you do not reward yourself with food. Yeah. I, I so I'm glad you included that example of like the money spending. Cause at first I was like, uh, I don't know, like as long as you're in calorie deficit and like you've tracked, like, who cares if you go and treat yourself with that? However, yeah, but sure. yes. And I, I think you agree with that. However, your point of explaining, like, it's like if you, your reward for saving a hundred dollars every single week was then to go buy $80 shoes or whatever. It's like, why you shouldn't reward yourself saving money by spending money that counteracts the goal that you have in mind that you're trying to do. And so I understand more of where you're coming from when you said that. So, and I, I hear what you're saying. So that was a good example. I and so, brought in. yeah. And I think it's like important to understand that, like what you said is so true. Like as long as you're in a calorie deficit, that's totally fine. I just yeah. do think that rewarding yourself in a way that counteracts with your overarching goal can be a very slippery slope. Um, something I did want to bring up though, with that study that they did, they did test it for, um, other, well, actually it wasn't in the study. Well, yeah, they did test it for heart rate and actually found that it yep. measures heart rate pretty, pretty good. Pretty Not accurate. that we're yep. was very concerned with your heart rate Doesn't all the time, but although, sorry. well, but if you want to get like zone specific True. benefits, like True. if you are a high level cardio, if you're just getting into cardio, just do your cardio. Don't worry about the specific zones. But if you're a high level person, one, I would go follow Docless Fitness because she is like so intelligent awesome. with everything cardio. Yes. Um, but then two, I wouldn't worry so much about these zones until you are, unless you have very specific training, you know, uh, goals, necessities or requirements. Yeah. yeah goals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't worry, but it, it can be nice for people who are trying to get those very specific goals to totally. see the heart rate on their, you know. Yeah. So I found that interesting that it was like, yeah, it sucks at telling your calorie expenditure, but it's actually relatively good accurate at, for steps too. For, yes. And that's probably another thing to go into. And it's, 
at the end of the day as well, it's not necessarily that we need it to be super accurate steps. Like this is maybe something else to go in here too, is it's not the step thing that makes it magical and that works. It's just a way for us to measure your increased activity. Like I have some clients who don't have a watch. And so instead of doing a step goal, we do a time on the Peloton. Like they have a Peloton. I'm like, look, set it out of five resistance. Every single, it doesn't, you don't need to be sweating. You don't have to do a class, but set at the same resistance. And I don't have a Peloton, so I don't know what the resistance levels are. So if five's really hard, just, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. Set it up. Yeah, Sorry. (laughs) Set it out of resistance that, you know, has like walking, like, I don't want your legs just like flying off of the machine, but like if you're walking, yeah. there's some resistance to the ground when you're walking, like put a resistance on, do the same one every time, bike for 30 minutes. And again, that's our Y variable. And then we look at their data over time. We're like, okay, your calories are here. We don't really want to change them. Or we're not getting as much fat losses we're wanting. We'd like it to go a little bit faster. Let's just increase the time. And so again, it's not that time is magical. It's just a way for us to measure it. And so what 10,000 steps does for us just says, Hey, you're, if we put it on a scale of like zero to 10 and 10 is 10,000 and zero is zero steps, you're just a rate of 10 active. Like it's just a, it's just a unit of measurement. I don't know how to like, I'm trying to find a really good way to explain this, but there's nothing magical about steps. You could do time. You can do steps. You could do the amount of times you put your arms up and down. I don't know. Like, it's just a way that we're measuring how much you're moving over the course of the day. Yep. Does that, am I explaining that okay? Or yeah, is there... totally. Okay. You're, you're, okay. It's just, re- it's just reflective of your general activity levels or sedentary yeah. behaviors. Yeah, exactly. And that's a really easy way for us just to see how active you are. As a lot of people wear a watch and watches are actually relatively good at tracking how many steps that you're getting. And again, it's not even steps. Like I've had clients come to me and be like, well, when I move my arm up and down, it's tracking that as a step. Yeah. But you're moving. That's what I care about. I don't right. care about you physically yep. getting a step in. I care about like right now I'm explaining this and I'm like bopping around in my chair that just burned calories right there. That's adding to my activity. So it's that it's just tracking your body physically overall moving throughout the day. I really want people you know to understand that. Done is we- I- I should have put on my Apple watch during this and oh, put it see. like that I was doing an exercise Wait, and like, at the end of it, see how many calories. Do you, many, do you, want, do you want to pause and I'll, I'll go put it on right now? Well, I'm also going to see how many steps it says that I'm getting at the end of this. Cause I'm not walking. So I'm at 5,116. I need to write that down. Cause I'm going to forget it. Go get yours and let's just do a workout. I'm, let's yeah, see I'm how gonna, many I'm gonna, calories. Go grab mine. Um, what activity are you going to set it to? Um, just do walk. I might just do something like. Because I want to be like relatively accurate with what I'm doing, which is, I mean, nothing. So maybe I'll do, I'll just do play. There's one just called play. I'm just going to call play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. All right. I'm starting it right now. And we'll see okay. how this goes. Okay. So you just, you did a starter workout. So I'm just going to see how many steps it tells me that I get extra. Because my, okay. I, I'm going to, I mean, should I move my arms around a lot on purpose? Or should I just sit here? I guess I'm I'll just move around be on purpose. Like, I'm going to be like just doing it as I am, just talking just as I doing normally. Old cheerleader stuff right now. But I also just want to see like this counts towards my overall step goal, like me talking with my hands yeah. because I'm being active right now. That's what I care about. So for sure. Um, so we've talked about yeah. We, we've talked about why exercise is not that important for fat loss. Now let's switch sides and say why exercise is important for yeah. fat loss. Yeah. So do you want me to start with that, or you want to start with that? Sure. Yeah, I was go saying you, you were. You I can go. Oh, okay. I can go. Yeah, go for it. You were talking, so go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one of the biggest things is okay. One, 
first. This is a really, really big one. Exercise is meant to create positive adaptations in your body. The goal of exercise should never be weight loss. It can be a great byproduct of exercise, yes. but the goal of exercise, whether we are talking about cardio exercise or we are talking about like weightlifting exercise, it is to create positive adaptations in the body. Now, let me say that there was a there was another study that I covered a while back um, that I read through um, from Mass originally. Mass did a great coverage, monthly application and strength sport. They did a phenomenal cover on this uh, study. It was very in-depth. And it was, I'm just going to read through some of it. Um, the researchers found that steps are, or generally activity is more important than your weight for uh, lowering all cause mortality. What they found was compared to people who walk 16,000 steps per day, which is a lot. I'll say that yeah. that is a lot. That's a very, but when we're looking at studies, it's always like the most, you know, extreme examples to try to right. like get data um, and prove a point kind of. But compared to people who walk 16,000 steps per day, walking 2,700 steps per day had a 200% higher all-cause mortality risk. Wow. In comparison, a BMI of 30 only had a 4% greater risk. Smoking increases your all-cause mortality risk by Wait, 70 what? to 80%. I'll say, I want to pause right there. I want you to like, you just dropped a big bomb there. And I don't know if everyone realized yeah. it. You just said that. If you're going from, if you walk 16,000 steps a day versus 2,700 2700 steps a day, that you are yes. risking your chance for ish, does it say, does it say cause mortality causes? All, 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 all cause mortality risk. By so 200% cancer, inactivity yes. increases your risk from that drastic by 200%. However, being 30% body fat, like a higher body fat percentage only increased not, it not by body fat. This is BMI. This is I'm BMI. sorry, BMI, BMI. Thank you for correcting me. Yep. Um, only increased it by, was it four? 4%. 4%. So being inactive is drastically worse for your, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, worse for your health than maybe yes. being higher in body fat than a what A little you overweight. Be. Yeah. A little overweight. Yes. Exactly. So BMI over BMI of 40 had about a 74% greater risk of all cause mortality, whereas smoking increases all cause mortality risk by about 70 to 80%. So similar numbers there. Yeah. And the, and, and the sedentary behavior, 2,700 steps versus 16,000 has a 200% increase greater yeah. mortality, all cause mortality yeah. risk. Yeah. It is worse. Being sedentary is worse than having a BMI of over 40 or smoking. Yeah. That's crazy yeah, but this move, is, guys and, you and just we're not, gotta move <laughs> please just know like if you are a smoker and you're listening to this or whatever we're not telling you to keep smoking oh, because like oh yeah. you've reduced i don't think you are i'm just right. making sure we clarify this we're not saying like yeah. smoking isn't smoking is horrendous for you we know that you know what i mean but like we're just trying to drive home how much being active on a daily basis actually has an effect on your health and will help you over the long haul and so yeah while we keep telling you, like, don't focus on exercising for fat loss, you should be focusing on exercise for your overall exercise health. Exercise for health. health. Yes, for yes. your overall health yes. and longevity of your life. And I, and I also want to point out that, like, so often in the long run, maybe not in a week or a day or a month or anything like that, but in the long run, 
if you increase your activity level, your activity level is generally reflected in your body composition. If you increase the amount of activity you get every day, you're probably going to bring your body fat down just because your calorie expenditure is a little bit greater. And, you know, the calorie balance might bring you back down into a calorie deficit, at least until you get to that point where, you know, body weight and calorie expenditure is kind of at this, you know, equilibrium. Yeah. Because it will happen eventually. I think this is also a good point to bring up is if you're someone who's been struggling to lose weight for a really, really long time and you feel overwhelmed by either tracking calories or adding protein or all this, you will already improve your health by just focusing on being active every single day. So if you really feel overwhelmed in the space and you're just like, I want to lose weight, like that's a part of it to maybe increase helping with your health, right? Is, is potentially losing weight depending where you're at in your journey. Um, but just start somewhere like go for daily walk or get up every hour and go for a five minute walk or something, just increase your daily output of energy. And once you're able to do that, you'll you'll probably feel better. You'll sleep better. You will most likely, again, depending where you're at, see some weight loss results from it. Again, there's some things, maybe not like I talked about the beginning, but just do that. Just do that. And then you can worry about everything else. Once you feel like you have that ball rolling, you feel motivated, you get successful, you have a really big win in your pocket and then add things on from there. So yeah. You know what I would do? You know what I would do? If I was like first starting out and I was overweight, the, there are two things that I would start doing. If I did not want to track calories, if I didn't want to dial in my diet, let's, let's throw that to the wayside. Cause yeah. that would be my number one thing is trying to figure right. out my calorie balance and trying to get into a deficit. But let's say I don't want to do that at all. There are two things I would do. One, I would go for a daily walk and I would be trying to, I would probably get a Fitbit, something for like 20 bucks. You know, I have an Apple watch, but honestly, I just use it for steps for the most part. So a Fitbit would work just fine. Um, And those are cheap. You don't have to do that. You could just go for a daily walk, maybe two daily walks. And then the second thing I would do is I would sign up for the Brianna Ray fitness group training program. I have a seven day free (laughs) trial. And I'd be. (laughs) uh, Technically it'll be closed by the time this podcast gets released because I do enrollments every six weeks. So technically. sign up for the Alex Teamy. Yeah, there you go. The A-team training program. Yes, there you go. Sign up for A-team. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Also, Uh, I just want to point out if you are, no, it's okay. If you are trying to, like, if you're like, oh, I don't want to get a Fitbit or, you know, it's a hundred dollars or I don't remember how much they are, whatever. Go on a Facebook marketplace. People are selling their used ones all the time for like 30 bucks, 20 bucks. So grab one off of there too is a really good option. The other option is you can technically use your phone. The only downside to using your phone is you don't always have it on you. Um, and so it may say you're only getting 2000 steps, but you're actually getting 6,000, but that's because when you get to go to the bathroom or you go make yourself a sandwich, or when you grab something from the copier or whatever, you just don't have your phone on you. And so honestly, that, my, you know. mine is always glued to me. I have like a phone addiction because my work is through my phone. Um, yeah. so it's like, it's actually for me personally, it's for you accurate. personally. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's yeah, some people who are just personally. sitting at a desk and so their phone is sitting there and they leave on their, their desk phone and they there leave and, and they walk around yeah, and the copier yeah. bathroom, whatever that may be you know, all that kind of stuff too. So yeah, just a, that's also a way to do it too and start or a time goal. You can now again, you posted, be like 30 minutes You posted a, a, yeah, yeah. It could be a time goal. That's a great yeah. point. Now today you posted, I think it was today that you said um, a reel that was, I, if you want to oh, yeah. lose weight, do this, but if you want to lose body fat, do this. And so yeah, 
I think I want I want you to lead this conversation now about the yeah. difference between losing weight versus losing body fat and how we can change that in our body composition. Yeah. So my reel was basically talking about how like there's weight loss and there's fat loss and weight loss is where you just focus on like just the number going down. You don't care if that's from water, from muscle, from body fat. Um, you just want to lose the weight. And so there's weight loss, but then there's fat loss where you're like, hey, I want to maintain slash build muscle. And just make sure when I'm losing body fat that it's coming, or when I'm losing weight, it's coming from body fat. And this is also where exercise can be really, really helpful for fat loss is strength training. This is where that plays in. So like Alex has said, and we've been talking about, you know, your focus for your exercise shouldn't be on your modality of how you're going to lose body fat. However, and it still shouldn't as I'm walking into this. However, it's an accessory to helping to make sure that you're losing body fat. So when we strength train or when, when you're, yeah. So when we strength train, the purpose behind it is to tell our bodies, Hey, we need to adapt. And in order to adapt, to be successful in this, we don't die. You need to build more muscle. And so your body responds to that while you're in the deficit of weight training. And so I, I guess that's all I have to say on that. The reason why weight training is so helpful is because you're telling your body, Hey, I need this. I may need a calorie deficit. And so your body's like, cool. I need to pull from extra energy sources because I'm not getting it through food. And you're saying, that's which cool. You can do that. Right. Which are fat muscle. Yep. And you're like, that's cool body. You can do that. But I use this thing called muscle four times a week. And if I don't have it, the barbell will crush under me. That's how your body's seeing. I'm not saying like you're saying that to your body, but your body is in a very like fight or flight mode. It just knows that you keep lifting something really, really heavy four times a week. And <laughs> You need to be able yep. to do that. Putting and a so, stimulus, you're putting stimulus. a stimulus on the muscle and and, and, it, exactly. and then it needs to adapt to that. So that is yep. more prepared next time. And so your body's yep. like, okay, cool. We won't take from the muscle. We'll just take from the fat for our energy source. And so this is why exercise can be really helpful for fat loss is because you're telling your body, hey, or through specifically strength training, you're telling your body, hey, let's keep the muscle so that way we can lose body fat. So that's going to be another way that training or exercise is important for your fat loss goals to make sure you're only losing fat when you have a, when you have a weight. So you're only losing fat when you have a weight loss goal, hence fat loss. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to note that we can look at <clears throat> the size of our calorie deficit on a spectrum. And it, on one end is, let's say it's like a 1000 calorie deficit per day. It could be more, it could be less, but let's just say arbitrarily 1000 calorie deficit all the way up to calorie maintenance or, you know, which is a zero calorie deficit, just calorie maintenance. We will gain muscle faster at calorie maintenance and in a small surplus than we will in a 1000 calorie deficit. And it's not even close. And as yeah. we move from that calorie maintenance and we move farther and farther and farther and farther into a deficit, our body is not going to be able to pull potentially just from body fat. It will have to pull from muscle in order to uh, support our body and, and give it the energy it needs because we expend energy every single day. So my recommendation for a lot of people who do want to improve their body composition is, you know, there, there's a few ways we could talk about this. Um, I'll just start by saying that a faster calorie deficit or a more aggressive approach is not always going to be better for improving your body composition over the long run. But with that said, even if we do lose muscle tissue, it comes back very, very, very quickly. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily be concerned about it. And I would always urge people to stick with a calorie deficit that feels sustainable for them for 
at least three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. You know, if you want to take a one to two yeah. week, you know, maintenance break, diet break, whatever you want to call it, that's totally fine. It can really help psychologically. Um, but there is kind of this like this balance that you want to find where you feel happy with the results that you're getting week to week and month to month. But you also don't feel like, wow, I'm so hungry and so lethargic that I cannot maintain this for more than like a week. Because right. if we're hitting that point, it's just, it's not going to be better for you. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it is expectation management that needs to be shifted and less about, you know, so I made a post the other day that was like, you know, if I don't, if I can't drive, oh, I didn't even, I didn't post it yet actually, but I wrote it and I said, if I can't drive 200 miles per hour, what's the point in driving? I'm not even going to drive. I'm just going to sell my car. And it's yeah. like, that is how so many people approach fat loss. Yeah. It's, they see you and I go faster. You know, yeah. maybe we're losing a pound, a pound and a half per week. And right. that doesn't, maybe that doesn't sound that fast because we always say like, oh, you know, not we, but just like the industry says, right. 1% body weight per week is a pretty good target. So if you weigh 150 pounds that I should be able to lose 1.5 pounds per week. I'll be honest. It I, takes so I, much. I think it's more my fitness pal, my fitness pal driving home that do you want to lose one or two pounds per week? You know what I mean? Mm, but keep going. Yeah. I just think that's, that's a big one. Cause you know, anyways, go ahead. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I would feel if I were you listener and you're losing maybe a half pound per week, and it's, it's very tough to tell if you're losing a half pound per week, unless you're zooming out appropriately, like over the course of two, three weeks to look at trends, yeah. it can definitely play tricks on you. You know, it, your weight spikes up, especially women. You know, if you're on your cycle, you might be up two, three pounds, temporary water weight. And that's very difficult to see through too. So I just, I urge you to not feel frustrated if you're only losing at a quarter or a half pound per week, because the upside to that is you're gaining muscle at a faster rate. And yeah, sometimes that's just, that's awesome. That's yeah. such a good thing. You are improving your body composition on both sides of this scale. You're losing body fat and gaining muscle and you're able to do, yeah, yeah, body fat a little bit slower, but muscle a little bit faster. So it's not so much about like, oh, I'm not going fast enough. It's just there you're shifting on that spectrum and that can be a really positive thing if you are approaching it from the right mindset. Yeah. And remember too, you're still going in the direction that you want. Even if you're only losing a quarter or a half yes. a pound per week, at least you're still going in the direction that you want. And so you can recognize that and take a step back and be like, okay, let me, let me stop being so frustrated that I'm only losing half a pound per week. Let me recognize I'm still moving towards my goal, the end goal at the end of the day. Now, let me look at my life and think, okay, what, sacrifices or trade-offs would I have to make to make this go faster? Are those worth it to me? And if the answer's no, then you need to have that honest conversation with yourself and be like, look, this is the rate at which I'm going to be losing weight. I need to accept that and be excited about that and understand I'm still going to my goals and I will get there. I'm going to get there. It's like you said, with like driving a car, it's like, if I'm trying to drive from Dallas to Austin, it's like, do I just say, well, I'm not going to drive to Austin. If I can't go 200 miles per hour. It's like, no, I'm going to see the trade-off of driving 200 miles per hour, I'm going to crash and die. So I'm going to go the speed limit and have a great old time, maybe stop at Bucky's for like some nuggets or whatever. And then I'll eventually get to Austin, but I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to do it the way that's enjoyable for me. That's sustainable and will get me there alive. You know, it's no, crazy. No, no. I've never been in Bucky's. I hear everybody talking about Bucky's. I've never been there. That's okay. It's, it's kind of overrated, but it is. Oh, is it really? Uh, I mean, I mean, the first time you're like, whoa, this is insane. It's like a Walmart. Of, it's like, 
a gas station that's a like Walmart a gas station almost. but yeah i mean that thing is they have like 27 toilets in like each bathroom basically so you don't have to wait for a bathroom and then they have everything else it's like almost like a grocery store basically wow. but like you see it once and you're like okay like i i've seen it because everyone talks about it but it's it's nothing worth going is it out of like a place for. that I don't think you don't go out of your way for it. But if there are like five gas stations on the highway, you know, and I'm you're like, the oh, can we take gas. this exit? There's a Bucky's. No, oh, I'm picking, picking the cheapest, the cheapest gas. gas. Yeah, because it's not that yeah. big a game changer for me. Like whatever snacks I'm going to want to eat, I'm probably going to get a different gas station. I bet they're more expensive at Bucky's because it's a brand. You know what I mean? But I don't know that for sure. It could be cheaper. Yeah, sure. I just go for the cheapest sure. gas. So sure. um, something else I wanted to chat on too is... You know, okay, so if we talked about the beginning, why, you know, it's not important. And then we talked about why it is important. And it's like, okay, well then if we can't out, I don't know how maybe to phrase this, but it's like, okay, we can't outrun a bad diet. Why do we even give our clients a step goal or an activity goal in the first place? And I want to kind of dive into that because, well, there is a degree of like the more active that we have our clients be, the higher the deficit they can be in when they're, when they're trying to lose body fat. And so if we, if I had a client come to me and say, Hey, I weigh this amount and I have zero activity all day. I sit on the couch. I maybe get 500 steps. I'm going to have to say, okay, well, because you don't exercise, you don't get up and walk around. We're going to have to essentially eat close to your BMR. And that might be mm-hmm. 1300 calories, 1200 calories. So there is a degree of Again, it is a math equation at the end of the day. And so there is a level of activity that we want people to get in one, because it helps to uh, support that equation, right? Of to lose body fat and set the scales off. But also if we can be more active, then you can enjoy 1600, 1800 calories, be in a deficit and actually enjoy foods easier, if that makes sense. Does that help what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, we don't want to slash food food, you know, to, right. to this minimal amount. Like if we're looking at food just from the energy perspective, okay, sure. Whatever. But if, you know, there's more to food than just the energy it provides, very there true. are the nutrients it provides, and this is very important. And so, you know, if, if we have somebody who is eating at 2000 calories, but they're super sedentary and then we, you know, cut them to, I don't know, I'm just making up numbers, but like, let's say, yeah. let's say they're eating at 1400 calories and then they drop them to like a thousand because they're sedentary and they're not losing weight. It's like at a thousand calories, are we able to meet all the nutritional minimums that, you know, your body needs to maintain optimal health? Maybe, but also maybe not. It kind of depends on the quality of your diet and the foods that you're choosing. And so I, my goal for people is always to eat as much as possible while losing body fat, not eat as little as possible while losing body fat. It's eat as much as possible. Well, you know, one from just like a, satiety standpoint but also from the nutrient standpoint i have a couple clients right now that are like really lean like there are people that came to me they're already lean already jacked they want to get leaner and we've been cutting their calories more and more and we get to the point where i'm just like i'm really not comfortable going lower because one like you're already saying this is terrible as it is and two it's, it's going to cut into the micronutrients of a lot of things. And then you're going to feel, you already don't feel great because you're at low calories. Like if you don't, if you think you don't feel great now, just wait till we get to even lower calories. Like you're really <laughs> not going to feel great because now your body's not getting the essential vitamins and minerals and stuff that it needs. And yeah, that's a, that was a good point to, to bring out too. So, but that's Speaking why, of, you know, uh, nutrition, yeah. Mac nutrition university just started for me on Monday. I don't know if I told you. How but... was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you told me you had the um, <clears throat> orientation and that's why we had to change our, yeah. our podcast and, filming. How'd yep. it go? I had the intro call and then I had to take a quiz, got 100%. What up? Nice. Um, and um, 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be intense. It's a year, you know, of studying that yeah. in the UK gives you a level five diploma, which is like their version of like a, an associate's degree, essentially okay. so like a two year uh, college yeah. degree. That's cool. And so I'm just getting that like in, this is the most intensive nutrition course that I personally know of Yeah. in outside of like a registered dietitian you know i would say outside of a registered dietitian or obviously obviously not on the par of of a phd program obviously right but um you know the registered dietitian route and i don't want to like talk down on this is not the goal of this but it's it's much more um clinical based and kind of like textbooks based which to to the best of my knowledge mnu is a little bit more coaching and person based you know and like real world application just a little bit different less of like the specific of like biology and chemistry and kind of stuff. And like those, which is important to know for RDs for sure. But, um, and we've also never, you mean never been through an RD program. So we don't know exactly the differences either. So So we really, it's honestly just not even fair to compare because I think there are different, this is obviously what you're going through is, is for specifically coaches like going through the space. And so it's maybe not fair to compare, but it is probably the most intensive thing you can do probably as, a fitness coach in general that's out there yeah. outside of going to a formal universe. Well, I guess it it actually is. I think, I think like you said in the UK, recognized like as formal education. It so is, I don't even think that's yeah, fair to it's, say. It's accredited. Um, yeah, now it's accredited. There it's you like, go. And, and I'll be able to bill insurance, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, for that is cool. Nutrition clients. So for like wow. consultations and stuff like that. Yeah, so, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So a lot of studying ahead of me, but anyways, really excited. Yeah. That. I feel like that was kind of our sign that we have, that's everything we have to talk about <laughs> on that this topic, it. unless that you have anything it. else yeah. that you want to add in. So no, no, I think, uh, I think I'm good with that. I think we covered a lot. I was able to burn 97 active oh, calories yeah. and 136 total calories Let's in the last 23 my... minutes. I went from, which 5, again, 000... I just want to, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I went from 5,116 to 5,260. So like roughly 120. Okay. 44. Steps. 44. Yeah, I can't do math that fast. Yeah, yeah. 144 steps. So again, that 144 is going to my 10K goal that I have for myself. And like, that's not a bad thing. Like, I'm not going to subtract that off because the whole point of this tracker is just to track me moving as a human throughout the day. So let me, let me do like the mental math right now. Let's assume that I'm awake 16 hours. Let's assume that <clears throat> Wait, how this much is my baseline. Burned? How much? A hundred active calories and 140 total calories. So let's use the 140 total calories. Jerry, stop it. Not yet. No, it's at, but it's at 24 minutes. Let's just round up to 30 minutes just for this like example. So 140 calories per half hour, 280 per hour. If I'm burning this much, which is probably the least sedentary or the most sedentary I'll be for the most part all day outside of sleeping. Yeah. Um, But if I multiply this by 16 hours of being awake, That means I will have burnt 4,480 calories per day. I can 100%, guarantee I would not burn 4,480 calories per day. Yeah. I'm saying in 99.9% of my days, well, I would not we, burn that But we know, we, we know that for you because you, you put yourself in a surplus and we know what your surplus calories yes. are. You know what I mean? So my calorie expenditure is usually about 2,800, 2,900. And when I'm really exercising a lot, bulking, I'm up to about 170 pounds right now. I'm 158. When I'm up to about 170 pounds, you know, exercising five times a week, going on my daily walks, all that, 
I burn about 3,200 calories per day. So yeah. to say 4,480 calories, just no, no, no. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just not realistic. And that's so don't not, listen to the calorie burn, you know. Yeah. Well, and the reason that Alex That's knows, not including the- that's not sleep. including the, the extra eight hours from yeah, sleeping. It's yeah, not. It's which just, we do spend, expend energy while we're sleeping. Yeah. And Alex knows that his maintenance is around 3,200 calories because he's been able to be like, okay, my goal is to go into a bulk. I need to gain weight. Okay. I'm eating this many calories. Nothing is going up. I need to increase. And so if he's actually burning, let's just, let's just say you're burning 4,000 calories in a day, you would need to be upwards of 4,000 calories just to, to, to gain weight. Just to maintain. So, Yes. Well, I was going to say, well, what was your, with the burn? I was going to say, I'm trying to go over maintenance for you. Yeah. If, yeah. If, the, if the that's burn, what you burned The burn day. from this equation for with 16 what? hours is 4,500, basically. 4, yeah. 4, so let's just round calories. up and say with eight hours of sleep, like it's 47 5, or whatever. 5,000. Yeah. Sure. You would have to be eating over 5,000 calories a day to be gaining weight. And that's just not, that's, we know that's not true because you gain weight when it's you go over 3,200 for when right. you're at like 170. Yeah. So it just shows how like inaccurate, oh, let's see what the percentage of that inaccuracy technically is. So if you are technically 30, you said 3,200. Yeah. So 45, so 3,200 is what percentage of 4,500? About 33%, 30% 70, over. Yeah. 30. Yeah. It's roughly like 30 something percent, 35% if we rounding. And that's just 16 hours. Again, we are not factoring in, factoring in the other eight hours. So Already right now, it's 30 plus percent off. And if we factored in the eight hours, it's probably 40% off, maybe even 50. Right. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Would it be tracking and, your sleep? And I would be, and I'm just sitting here drinking my coffee, talking to you. Yeah. Imagine what these calories would say if I went and did like some biking or some, yeah. some walking or yeah. running or something like that. Like it would just yeah. skyrocket and be so ridiculous. So yeah, yeah. I hope that kind of helps cement helped. the point of right. don't listen to the calories burn from your watch. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Great I thought that was a good wrap it up. That was a great way to that end it. That was awesome. Yep. <laughs> that was great. Um, all right. Well, if you guys enjoyed the episode or if you know, you didn't enjoy the episode, screenshot it, share it on your stories. It's a free way to support the show. Uh, if you have any takeaways or anything you really liked or any questions, feel free to shoot a DM to Alex and I, and we'll just catch you guys on the next episode. Be sure to leave oh. a five-star review okay. as well. Yes, do that too. And then we'll see you on the next <laughs> All right, episode. Take care. Bye. Take care, guys.